Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori, and today we are going to continue our conversation about sourcing, but with a twist. (laughs) That's right. We are going to play our most listened to episode in season one, which is Behind the Sourcing Curtain, and reflect on what we discussed in that episode. Uh, We don't remember what we talked about. (laughs) so funny. I was just saying, I don't listen back to our um, podcast, our previous episodes. No, so we don't remember what we talked about. I don't remember what I ate for breakfast, so I definitely don't remember this episode too well. But we can't wait to sit down with all of you and take a trip down Thrifter's Villa memory lane. What do you think, Lori? Will we still agree with what we said back in January 2020? I don't know, Daniela. (laughs) It ought to be interesting. I don't know. All right, let's, we'll see you at the table, friends. (laughs) I honestly have no idea what this is going to, like, I don't remember it. It was our second episode we ever recorded. So I don't know. This is going to be, I'm kind of excited. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. It's Mm going to be quite the reflection. Mm -hmm. I feel like we may agree with some of it, but. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, trends change. So something's going to be different about it. Yeah. So I think we should just get into it because this is a continuation from last week. Sure. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Plus, we don't know how, like, we've never done this before. No, so. <laughs> this is, this might be a total flop. Or no flops in this episode. We got to cut to the chase. Yes. <laughs> All right. So how we're going to do is we're going to play it and then um, we're just going to stop it in random places. I think when we make certain comments or whatever, or if, you, or if there's something that you want to point out that maybe I say or you say and then we can just kind of talk about it and then go from there I don't know if we'll get through the whole episode but we'll at least get through you know good majority of it even if it's just 30 minutes of it all right I trust you okay here we go all right Lori let's talk about the shall we yeah turn that up a little it's um it's a topic that I think is very popular within the reselling world I think it's like the funnest thing that we do, right? Everybody loves yeah. to source, so it's definitely... Agree with that. I still agree with that. We still agree that everyone loves to source. <laughs> Can you hear that okay, Lori? Again. Okay, good. All the time. Yes, I agree. And I think sourcing means different things to different people. And that's kind of what sparked this um, podcast idea for us. You know, Lori and I have been doing some talking the last couple of weeks about topics that seem to be popping up all over social media and some discussions that have happened in YouTube videos that have happened, uh, you know, the differences between retail arbitrage and thrifting and wholesale. Good background info, Daniela. Right, right. Like I really went into it. I don't think I do this anymore. Maybe we need to start going into more background information before we um, go into our topics. Who knows? Those could be getting a little overwhelming. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I think there's so many people doing so many different things and whether you're a newer reseller or you've been doing this for a while um, it's hard to gauge like what's the right and wrong thing to do or is there a right and wrong thing to do all right let's talk about that do you think mm. there's the right or wrong thing to do when it comes to sourcing not really I mean I think I think everything, it depends on where you are in your journey. Mm-hmm. I think for me, if I were to go out shopping right now and pick up a bunch of, uh, you know, mall brands like White House Black Market and American Eagle at Savers for $7.99, I don't think that would be in my best interest. When I first started, you couldn't tell me what to do because I thought I knew what I was doing. And, and I just think it's all part of the journey. And I think, I really, really do believe that there are just 
countless business models. And so um, I think there are lessons to be learned, but I wouldn't say right and wrong. Yeah, I think that as you evolve as a reseller, um, you learn what works best for your business and then mm -hmm. you make your right or wrong choices, right? Like if I choose this, this is wrong for my business. But if I choose this side of the column, you know, these are all the things that go right in my business and that generally bring in, you know, the most profit for me or whatever your goals are, right? Um, but I don't, I think when you're first starting out, like you said, I don't think it matters. I just think you test the waters and see what, what works for your business model. You don't even know what your business model is when you first start. Exactly. I mean, I say all the time, my first stop was TJ Maxx and my second stop was Savers. I didn't touch a thing from my own closet, which I would not recommend now. You know, like yeah. I think having pulling stuff from your closet is the best way to start sourcing um, as far as making mistakes that aren't costly. Um, but that's not that's not what I did. And that was not what inspired me in the beginning. Um, so I was really excited to go sourcing when I first got started. Um, and now when I do thrift with me's and whatnot, like I, I released a video today and I passed on this really nice wool, like Nordic LL Bean, mm -hmm. you know, like the traditional mm -hmm. and it was gorgeous. It was a dollar 99 and I know I can sell. I sold one today in a bundle and it was $50. It wasn't LL Bean. Um, but in the bundle probably end up selling for like 40 bucks. And I know that they sell, but I was like, time of year. I have three of these oh. already in my bins. So it's a pass. Like, and so even things that I pass on now, it, it isn't because they're a bad buy. It's because I have three in my inventory, you know? So like yeah. that plays into stuff now too. And I didn't think that way when I used to source, if I liked it, I bought, I bought it. I didn't really think about what I already had. Yeah. So I, much. sometimes I don't think about what I have too. And it's something I need to get better with that. Like I struggle with, because I see something I know that I can sell it. And sometimes I forget like, well, you already have other stuff like that that hasn't moved yet or the seasons are changing and I know that you like it and it sells well for you, but do you really want to carry it over into September, you know, of 2021 because it's a sweater. Not saying the sweaters don't sell year round because they absolutely can. Um, but I don't know if I want to necessarily house another sweater, you know? Well, that's just it. And that's why it's such a personal decision. I was just, I was reading over a couple comments from my video, like while we were chit chatting earlier, and um, I passed on an Eileen Fisher sweater and, you know, I've been like really yeah. on an Eileen kick, but it was wool. It was definitely, I think it was like more than 10 years old. It was in really good condition, but it was like bright purple. It was a petite, it was only a dollar 99, but I was like, I, as I thought about Where it. Where did you go that Eileen was a dollar 99? There's this one rack at this thrift oh, store in, um, <laughs> on route nine. Um, it's called sister thrift and they have one rack that's a dollar 99 and Nine times out of 10, when I thrift at this store, that's the only place I get stuff from because the rest of their stuff is just meh priced. Mm -hmm. But I always find stuff on that rack. Like I got a Club Monaco dress, like a houndstooth for $1.99. And this Eileen was on that, but I put it back. But I, but I, I regret putting that back, but I don't regret not picking up the L.L. Bean yeah. sweater. But like you make these quick decisions and you move on. Yeah. So I don't think there's like a right or wrong. Like either one of those could have been right or wrong for me. Yeah, I just think it depends on where you are that day, that moment in your business. There's just so many factors to it. But yeah, let's see what we say, because I have no idea okay. what we said. <laughs> so we just kind of wanted to sit down and talk to you guys about this. And hopefully, yeah, we go ahead, Lori. Yeah, no, I'm sorry to interrupt. We just um, thought of, you know, the title of our podcast as Behind the Sourcing Curtain, because I feel like there's a lot of mystique surrounding sourcing and where to source and how much to spend and all that, especially when you're getting started. But I think even 
like for somebody like me, as I reflect um, a year and a half into this, uh, choices I would make differently, uh, wh what my cost of goods is now versus when I got started and, and all that fun stuff. So one of the things that I did in an effort to kind of divide sourcing places or cost different categories i came up with just four and people may have some other ones but this just is what i think of um you know well, these are my five yeah. my force my strands yeah and i want to get started uh what level do i kind of want to buy in at you know like when when you're starting a new program like what's my buy-in here and i think of these four levels so the four that i came up with were um, sourcing from your closet, which I oh think no, this is not what I was thinking of. A lot of people on I thought it was the same thing. What you were saying that your four pillars, but I guess but I know it's five it. pillars, so that's why okay. that's why I was like, no, this okay, well, is something it. else. <laughs> yes. um, and that is free. You know, you're going to go through. This is something I really missed the step somewhere along the line. So you never sourced from yeah. your closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do pull things. I, I've been trying to. Pull force myself to pull things and um i think in the month of february i'm going to do a real push to force hey that yeah. was the birth of thriftless yeah, february, thriftless february. <laughs> <laughs> but um but that's something i want to work on so sourcing from your closet would be kind of the first strand which is free um if you have access to the goodwill outlets or the bins where you pay by the pound that's a really inexpensive way to get your inventory um and i know a lot of people take advantage of dollar days at goodwills do you have dollar days in rhode island um, well we don't have a goodwill so that's a no <laughs> okay. hard pass um, <laughs> sarcasm existed last year and still exists now i don't think they do but uh, funny enough i very few goodwills near me it seems to be what like everybody talks about but i mean and and it's I, so funny we don't we're like savers girls yeah but uh, why aren't there a ton of goodwills around here i have no idea i mean i know there are goodwills that in western mass like mm -hmm. out in amherst i've been to one um and obviously there's a great goodwill in boston but boston is just not super accessible you know what i mean like okay. i savers i have one that's 12 minutes away i have one that's 30 minutes away in three different directions 30 minutes away um and i in and i know there are goodwills in new hampshire and all over maine maine and new hampshire but yeah it's it's just not my go-to oh you know where else there is one in worcester that one's pretty good no there is yeah yeah that that's a good one um but yeah they're just they're just not my stomping ground i don't know why nope not mine either because it's just the opposite in so many parts of the country I people know. are like my saver sucks and i love goodwill like it's it's really funny because you and i are such savers girls you're like no we only go to savers that's where we get everything <laughs> we don't go anywhere else <laughs> well we do go other places but <laughs> all right i want to see what my level three and four are here we go hampshire and they have a goodwill store attached but no there really aren't any goodwills no i guess there used mm -hmm. to be one in providence i don't know if oh, that's long true ago, but yeah um, there isn't one around here we just have savers and salvation army and there's some like independent consignment stores more boutique style um but i don't really go to those because the you know the prices aren't for reselling purposes they're more like if i want to go and buy something for myself that's a little more high-end or luxury i would go in there right Right, but nothing that you would mm. that would be profitable no, for flip. Not unless it was like a crazy sale and they were going out of business kind of thing, you know. Right. Yeah. So, but if people do have dollar days, or I know that many of us, 
need. And um, actually, there is there is a goodwill that I go to in Worcester. It's about thirty minutes away. That's a there good it one. is. <laughs> um, but they have like half off days. So when my second category, I you know I title just the bins or dollar days places where you're sourcing your items for approximately one to two dollars per item. So your buying is still really inexpensive. That's a dream. Uh, thrift store, <laughs> right? It, it is a dream. I mean, you know, we do go to bins, you and I. It's, it's, it's more of a commitment than like. Where do we go? I have a favorite. The bins, but we don't really go to the bins right now. So, well, not since COVID. This was right. pre COVID. So this, this episode came out January 6th. So at the time, yes, we had gone. Oh, to yeah. The bins. I was a regular. I was at the bins yeah. all the time. Yeah, but okay. things changed. Mm hmm. <laughs> And I can just pop into Savers at noon and be home by two o'clock and feel very refreshed and almost like invigorated because I just found like maybe five or six pieces that I can list that day. When I go to the bins, it's it's a commitment. I come home tired. It's a lot of work. When I walk through the door, um, it, it's it's just a lot of work. I mean, it's it's cheaper. Still agree with that for yeah. sure. Yeah, bins exhaust me. I still love them. I don't know that the bins are for everybody. Yeah, I agree. I think if you've never gone to the bins, you should at least experience it once. Um, because it, I say okay. twice. twice. Because you've heard the first time. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. I still believe that too. It yeah. depends what your bins are like. So like the bins that Lori and I go to, they're not that bad. They're, they're easy to navigate and they're clean and the people aren't that bad. I mean, Got, you've got nope. some groups, but it's not terrible. Um, the employees are really great there. It's very organized, very structured. Um, you know, it's usually a pretty good it experience is. when you're there. But it's not like Colorado bins. We're not, I mean, you know, I say this, and then you have to, like, screw it up with your... <laughs> my Christian Dior with, with your, with, oh, God. damn Christian Dior dress, man. I know. That comes up in many conversations. That's because it's, it's a legendary That's, story. I know. I mean, mostly it's a lot of outdoorsy but still, still good things um, for sourcing. Um, and, and, All right, move on, Lori. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Land the plane. <laughs> this is something that I think we've gotten better at. Like, let's just reflect. I think like we used to talk, like go more in detail and different, different things and like just kind of talk and talk. And now we're kind of like to the point, let's get it over and done with guys. We know what we, we want to say. Like, I think we've gotten better with that. I hope. Maybe not. I hope. We still have long-winded answers to things. I don't know. Well, you know, the third level is, I mentioned, it's like thrift stores, like your Goodwills, your Savers, where your average cost of goods, for me, um, I would say is between like 4 and $10 an item. That has changed. My average cost of goods is no longer 4 to $10. My average cost of goods is like 13 to 18 But is that at your thrift store? Thrift store and online sourcing. My thrift store prices are really high here. I didn't. All right. So that was what I was talking about was thrift store. We we really didn't get into. Remember the episode we did where we went online shopping together because neither yeah. one of us had done it before. Yeah. So this was before that. And I'm sure that my level four is going to be like RA in estate mm -hmm. sales. So kind of like your free stuff, your bin yeah. prices, your thrift store prices. And then, I mean, some of you, I would say online sourcing would fall into that like over over $10, like yeah. on average per item. So you think in terms of like what you would flip something that is retail arbitrage mm -hmm. or like from an estate sale or something like that. And I'm sure that's what my fourth level must be. Yeah. A lot of, so a lot of my thrift store things though are like over the $10 mark sometimes, unless I have a coupon or 50% off. I'm, 
my average cost of good is like 10 to $13 now at a savers, which is a lot. That is a lot, but your, but your average selling price has gone up as well. Yeah. My average selling price. Yeah. So I guess it all evens out when you think. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's why there's no right or wrong. Right. I mean, if people were, if people were shopping and spending $13 on average, but then their average selling price was 20, that would be right. Not a waste of time. But I mean, if your average selling price is 20 and you're profiting, well, then take away fees, 80% making exactly. So, I mean, and that's the stuff like actually today, Today I played, you know, the movie that just came out with um, Garner, uh, Jennifer Garner, um, Yes Day, Day. like Mm -hmm. Yes Man. So today, didn't announce it, but I've been playing Yes Day on Poshmark and just saying yes to everything. So there were two sales in particular that stung a little bit, but I said yes to them anyways. And one was a retail arbitrage um, equipment femme. Mm-hmm. this beautiful hot pink button down bought at retail arbitrage paid like 18 or 20 dollars priced it at 110 because you know it's I mean an equipment femme has done very well for me um and by well I mean I don't know I've sold used for 50 dollars right. so anyways I have had it since last winter's yellow tag sale and I took a 50 dollar offer on it today and it was 110 I'm like, I'm just not going to counter because I think the last time I sent offers, I sent it out for $70 with discounted shipping. So I just accepted the 50 and I'm actually really happy about it because today is yes day. And, um, but yeah, like, I, I think, I don't know if that was like the best buy for me. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing about retail arbitrage and it's the same with online sourcing. I feel like with online sourcing, you have to be even more particular. Um, which we don't talk about in this episode because neither one of us obviously like we said we're online sourcing but with retail arbitrage you if if like what is it nordstrom rack you have 90 days to return is that correct you can return sure right where tj yeah. max it's what 30 days so it's a little trickier with tj max but with nordstrom rack you can try something out for 90 days and then return it on that 90th day nothing's stopping you yeah you know so yeah you can take the risk but then you can get your money back yeah exactly there's a lot of and and off it yeah and I mean I guess if you're doing online sourcing some of the stuff is pre-owned as well so like you can you're not necessarily sure what you're gonna get correct and that's happened to me before too and it's been a bad buy happened. just like anything though just right. like anything and you'll get and you get better and better at it right that's exactly so. right let's see if you talk about your fourth usually like thing here five or six dollars that's usually usually my average cost of goods at like a saver's on a 20% off day. If I hit a 50% off sale, it's usually between like three and five dollars per mm-hmm. item. Does that sound yeah. about right for you as well? Yeah, Sarah? I feel like so I'm one thing you learned about me, everyone, is that I'm very frugal and I'm a minimalist when it comes to sourcing. Like I'm- <laughs> oh things <laughs> change. This has changed. <laughs> this is this definitely is funny. Changed. This has definitely changed. This is like totally structured Daniela with like the budget and yep. That's so funny. All right, I'm let's really hear it. I'm going to laugh. But I would say the average cost in the savers around here, anywhere between four and like that 10, 49, 12, 49 range, like right in there. Then you have those outliers that are like 15 plus, but not many. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then a lot like uh, we were discussing before we got on the call, you know, like even, even if I'm in, the like the jean section of the thrift store and there I, I feel like free people is a pair of, is a brand that gets missed in the denim department sometimes because you know their tag curls yeah. up and mm. you sometimes don't always see yeah. it if they see i find free people cheap a lot in denim but occasionally i'll find 
free people denim for like four or five dollars and that's always a yes for me but um will that still be a yes for you Lori? passed on it last week actually and i have i have proof in the video but only because i had bought a very similar pair of jeans the week before they were high rise like um black high rise skinnies like very high rise they look like 11 inch um and they had the raw edge and i and i liked them um and i had picked them up for that 4.99 or 6.99 with half off it was like a three dollar pickup and then i was at i think the marlboro one the, the one that's close to me and um and I passed on them and, but they were still, they were still low price, but they were a little bit more worn and I pass on free people denim. Cause I feel like sometimes it's really worn and I've had some pieces that just sit. Yeah. Then I've had some free people denim that, you know, I was surprised at how fast it moved. So I feel like free people dem denim is such a gamble because you never know if it's going to sell really fast or if it's going to sit for you. I've done retail arbitrage free people denim thinking that maybe that's the best way to go because it's new with tag and free people still has a loyal following um but even that's sad and i feel like free people denim isn't that expensive to begin with no, really. I, my observation is that their tops you know the tops can retail for 128 148 168 mm -hmm. any day of the week but a lot of their denims like 78 dollars yeah. retail and then you can pick it up at tj maxx not on sale for like 29 not even on sale so i do think it's a tough move um i will pick it up in larger sizes like mm -hmm. i i would i tend to find it a lot in like 25 26 27 but like if, if i can get like a 29 30 31 like i'm more apt to grab those as well um fun fact you know that free people now has plus sizing in their denim get out yes they do so i picked up a plus size um free people denim high rise like super flared leg uh jean at nordstrom rack um when everything first reopened when was that june july when things were reopening mm -hmm. last year and it took a little bit but it sold and it sold for i want to say it was like 80 75 dollars wow. around there wow yeah. So, but that's like a very new thing that they started doing last year with the plus mm -hmm. size. And I don't think it's every style. I think it's certain styles that they do plus size, but denim. Yeah. Cool. Fun. That's good to know. Yeah. But, you know, in the higher range, I, I would pass on them. But I mean, in general, your average cost, five, six dollars. I can't believe I'm not at the freaking fourth level yet. Here we go. Here we go. Arbitrage, which has retail. been a lot of talk about retail arbitrage. Yes, lately. there has been. Like it's a new and, thing. Uh, I know. I actually, you know, I was just in Boston today and um, I came home and I placed an order on um, Nordstrom Rack because they're having their 25% off. And I do it occasionally. Like I. That was a shitty decision. Don't do it again, Lori. All right, I got a Madewell bag and I got a Ted. I remember this. I remember this. I got a Madewell bag that I barely broke even on. I was going to say, that's like, the bag you barely made money on. Oh, yes. And then I bought a Ted Baker bag that I still have. And it's not even listed for much. And I had somebody comment, you do know that this is on their website. Oh, so I hate when people do that. Like, so I just replied, go buy it on the website. Sale. You should buy it on the website. <laughs> I always say that. I mean, what? I mean, I don't know. Right? What do you want me to say? Go buy exactly. it there. Why are you commenting on my item? Yeah. I, I don't think of thrifting i don't think thrifting and retail arbitrage are one in the same and i i think if you're like a new person and you're seeing a lot of resellers who are picking up things retail arbitrage it's it's i guess it's tricky i i just want 
I, I think people need to know what they're getting into, like whether you're shopping from your closet, the bins or dollar days, thrift stores or retail arbitrage. They're four very different business models. And really, you just have to do what works for you and your budget. So I just want to add in there about retail arbitrage and thrifting. I just like total disclaimer out there to everyone. If you see resellers out there always showing you new with tags, I'm not saying they're not getting at the thrift stores. It's very possible that they hit the gold mine and someone donated a bunch of stuff that was new at tags. But the norm for me is if I find one or two pieces new at tags a couple times a month, that's a lot for me personally. The last couple of weeks, I found a lot of new at tag, and I think it's just people dumping things out of their closet right before the end of the year for tax season. Um, but I don't know about you, Lori. Do you find a lot of new at tags when you're out savers and, you know, I feel like I find it more now. I do too. And I think it's because savers in particular, I've noticed must get lots of things. They must do like buyouts from different companies because I'll notice like a bunch of like brands you'd find at TJ Maxx, all new at tags, or I'll find stuff that you can find at Nordstrom Rack, all new at tags. So maybe they're buying wholesale lots. Like there's Joe Mar and all these things out there. Like maybe they do that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't find it that, um, organized. I feel like the, the stuff that I find that is um, new with tag is, is more one-off. And I don't know if the, in this part of the episode last year, we were kind of dancing around the subject of, <laughs> I think we were, I okay. think, that, I think there was some stuff going on in the community at the time and we were brand new. We were like, let's not, you know, rustle any feathers here. But um, I, th I think that there, I think we were, you know, there was people were posting things and we were just kind of giving our insight. And, and, and we're still beating around the bush right now. Yeah. Right. Um, really what it is, is, is just more transparency. Like if, if you are, um, if you're trying, <laughs> what do I want to say here? If you are someone in the community who is, um, I don't know, I don't want to say influential because I don't like that word, but someone that, that posts regularly, that, that has content that puts out there, right? We all create content. We're creating content right now. Um, you want to be transparent. You want people to know how authentic you are and, or what you, I guess, aspire to be, right? We all aspire to be authentic to some extent. Um, and to you, some extent, <laughs> I think everyone would like my true like colors. No, no. <laughs> I don't know if everyone would love me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I not even not even specific to the person. I guess it is instead of putting it on the creators. I, well, it is on the creators, but I do think in terms of if I'm a new reseller and I'm looking for information on YouTube, which I did, mm -hmm. um, and I see certain channels that are are showing all sorts of new with tags or showing these huge price, um, like at average selling price, like, oh, well, you know, I, my average selling price is $50 and new, 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 or whatever. Like, this is a great brand to pick up. And unbeknownst to me as a new reseller, like you're finding those brands, but maybe you're, you're finding them retail arbitrage. And I think a lot of new people assume Right. that people are finding these things at thrift stores. And I think that's where the transparency comes in is like, and you don't have to share your cost of goods. You don't have to share right. your source, like where you're finding it. But, but to say like, I don't ever, I, I think I did one haul a long time ago before I kind of got with the program, mm -hmm. like a retail arbitrage haul. Like that's like, you don't do that because then people can still go out and buy it. And then it drives your price down. That's why Amazon is such a secret, you know, people don't want to say what they're buying. We're thrifting. It's like, every time you go, it's different. So 
I, I, I don't think people necessarily even talk about their retail arbitrage up front. I, I, I always share what sold retail arbitrage after the fact, months, yeah. weeks later, you know what I mean? But um, I think that's what we were maybe alluding to yeah, here. We were. And I, just, just the transparency in general, because I know when I was new and I saw people with these high average selling prices and all these new items, it was a little discouraging. Because you're like, well, I can't find that where I am. Can I be successful at this and, you know, hit the goals that I want to hit, whatever that is for you, you know, and all I find are all these used items and, you know. And we're also in in near cities. Like, I feel like we have good stuff that we can find and you're still not finding like Ula Johnson at Savers. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish I would. (laughs) One of those Owen, Ula Johnson, (laughs) one of the, Christy Dawn, if any of those would like to show up, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. Mm. I mean, I'm sure some people are finding them somewhere out there. Not I mean, enough. there's always, the, I mean, there are those Christian Dior designer pieces at the bins as well, but that is but, the exception, not the norm. Right. It is the exception. That is for, <laughs> that is for certain. I'm still chasing that. I'm still waiting for mine. You know what I mean? Just because I know, yeah. Um, so I... But I mean, generally, so if, if I'm, okay, so I would say, yes, if I have some, um, you know, simply Vera from Kohl's, I found that quite a few times new with tags. I find a lot of Target, Massimo new with tags, um, but I, I am not finding Lululemon new with tags or, you know, Rails new with tags. Um, you know, I'm not finding those high-end mother jeans new with tags, like on a regular basis. No. That's funny. Those three I'm items. Crazy. I was just going to say, how funny is it? Like those items that we talked about here in comparison to now, like, you know, it's just, it's I still get excited over mother jeans, yeah. but I know they're not going to sell for what, if I found Correct. them back then in, in Lululemon for that matter. And a lot of styles and rails, all three of those say, rails in particular. I'm like, Ooh. I care less about rails right now. Slow. Like, so slow. Yeah. So slow. That's so funny. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, Oh, interesting brands to bring up. Like, Right, but that, that you know, we just brought up three brands that we would have never brought up in this episode: Ula Johnson, Christy Dawn, and Doen. We would have mm-hmm. never brought that up. Mm. You know? It's extremely rare. It's not that you, it won't happen because it's very possible that it can happen to you. But don't go in with the expectation that, that that's what you're going to find when you go into a thrift store. Um, it's yeah. not something that will happen frequently, or maybe it will for you. I mean, if it does, that's fantastic. But from my experience and what I have seen, uh, it doesn't happen for me. And, and if I do find it, it's like, oh my God, I found something new with tags. You know, I get really excited about it. Yeah, if it's the right Correct. brand. Um, so when you're thinking about, I would say for me, when I started thrifting, I was like at number three. Like I kind of hit savers right away. Uh, when, when I first started and I just picked up things that were cute. I wasn't really going for brands so much, like obviously brands, but I also fell into the trap of picking up trendy low end things. Um, now I know the trendy things that I think will sell and still do well, even if not, they're not a name brand, but when I first started, I didn't. And I also did retail arbitrage when I first started, I had the yellow tag sale at, um, all right, I'm going to skip forward a little bit. Yeah. Let's see. That's what enough. Else. That's enough. Are you guys still with us? I'm so sorry. (laughs) Let's see what we talk about here. Oh, it's not loading, Lori. Is that Uh cute that it doesn't want us to talk? I picked it up once from the bins and it sold. It was a dress, it was plus size. What brand is this? Geometric pattern on it. And it sold within two weeks. Um, And I want to say it was like a 50 plus dollar sale. 
that's wow. not the norm. So don't go thinking that that's the norm. But there are certain people. <laughs> you crack me up. You can't tell. I'm really honing in that this is not the norm. Oh, this is the Dior dress that I'm talking about. I'm looking quickly in my Poshmark closet. Yeah. I'm just going to run. So 4, 8, 12, 16. I have 17 total. I have listed 17 LuLaRoe items in total. I have oh, God. Three, four, five, six, seven items in total. Um, and here are the prices. Like I, I sold a velvet duster for $42 due with tag. A skirt for 28 It was a 3X. The duster Listen to these prices for LuLaRoe. Okay, wait. Wow. LuLaRoe had a thing going last year. Well, not really. I mean, I think people had already stopped picking it up. Mm. Um, do you know what happened to me? I hit a sale in Worcester at a, like a, like a, like a ship, but not a shelter thrift store. Irrelevant. Every, it was, and it was fill a bag and okay. they got racks and racks of new with tag LuLaRoe stuff. So I went for the bigger sizes, the dusters, like limited edition holiday, stuffed them in the bag. My average cost of goods was 60 cents per item. That's so great. I had, yeah. So I had a ton of this LuLaRoe and they were nice because I, I like, I had maybe a hundred pieces on the rack and I was picking like what I felt. I'm not that I'm a LuLaRoe expert, but LuLaRoe was already on its way out, which is, which is why this church thrift store ended up with so many brand new you know somebody probably dumped them from their business but yeah so I picked up more than I should and I'm getting ready to look in my closet right now and see what's still left I probably haven't that's... sold a damn piece since last January 6th <laughs> Let, look though let's see that'd be interesting to see and now I remember I thought I was talking about the Christian Dior dress I was talking about LuLaRoe piece I picked up one LuLaRoe piece at the bins it was the same uh, day that I got the Christian Dior dress and I picked it up because the pattern was really unique and it was different and I just wanted to try the brand because everyone seemed to be talking about it at one point in time LuLaRoe was like the it thing and that's all I knew like I didn't know anything about it right I was so new to reselling um, and I think like I said it sold for $50 but I've never picked it up again like that was a one and done for me um, you know what's funny is I, I feel like it was already um, I still have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten items that are still available in my store. And I have sold one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten items. So 50 50. Yeah. Um, but, but my last few sales were $20 for a pair of like, um, and this is only because they were uh, Tiger. They were tiger theme when um, oh, tiger king. Yes. And I put that, I put that as a keyword in mm -hmm. my description and then like a shirt. Oh my God. Like a baseball shirt new with tags sold for $13 20. And then prior to that, it was like the more specialty items that sold. Um, but no, I, I really can't give it away right now. I don't know if it still has a following to be honest. I don't. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So 
You want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. The market just got so completely saturated and the company is like bad. I and still so, find a ton of it though, new with tags in the thrift store. Oh, like I'll randomly go in and there's just rows of new LuLaRoe and I'm like, oh God, like I feel awful for the people that were a part of that, you know, business. Isn't it terrible? So bad. Anybody who still picks up LuLaRoe though, you know, maybe they'll make a comeback one day. <laughs> then they'll be sitting on, wouldn't that be so funny? I feel like it happens, right? It happens with everything, but I don't know. LuLaRoe, I feel like, I I think it still has a following with certain people. I think people like their leggings. I feel like- Well, I mean, people like it for comfort. I mean, certainly, I mean, in my humble opinion, it's it's not like fashion forward or anything. Yeah, no, I agree. It's (laughs) very particular. The patterns are very specific and- not not my jam not my jam not my style but but uh, but, you know pretty comfy well like in terms of like you know barefoot dreams it's not like barefoot dreams is like necessarily like a flattering like my cardigan is just no although you look gorgeous right now i have it on right now (laughs) i don't mean i don't mean a roll but i mean like no but it's oversized it's a comfort brand but Mm -hmm. it's more it's classic you know what i mean it's classic it's streamlined and i feel like if lularoe I'd probably be on board if they had some sort of a streamline, like, yep. I mean, they have the black leggings, you know what I mean? But I think they were known for their really loud patterns. And that's just where other comfort brands are more yeah. classic. You know what I mean? I, I, it's too bad that they, that that could have worked for them, but I mean, that wasn't their thing at all. They were always big patterns and in loud and, and that's how you knew fun. it was them, right? Like that's how you, that's true. Them. That was kind of their signature thing. Almost like I'm not really like a Vera Bradley girl either. Right. But they do have the black stuff. Like they had the black quilted stuff and, and I liked them. that. They I liked them. it. The I liked that. It was like too. lightweight, mm-hmm. you know? You always know when you touch a LuLaRoe legging too. Like you're going through the rack and you're like, oh, this is so soft. hundred percent. Just like, you know, when you touch Barefoot Dreams. Oh, yes, you do. Oh my God. I want that robe. I know you. (laughs) That robe is so amazing. Yeah. So the robe that Lori is referencing is a robe I have on. I found a Barefoot Dreams in the intimate section, which is something that I definitely did not talk about in this episode, whether we go through the whole episode or not. Um, I never went through the intimate section and now I do. And I'm so glad I did that on this day because I found a Barefoot Dreams in my size. It's, well, it's, actually, it's a little oversized for me, but I don't care. And it's gorgeous. It. It's like this deep, eggplant. deep wine, like almost like an eggplant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Get yourself a Barefoot Dreams rope. Anyway, always check the intimate section because you never know what you're going to find. <laughs> yeah, I love it. A cardigan 23 and a 3X dress 28. So... As I'm just making a quick glance, the big I'm gonna fast forward a little. interesting patterns. Yeah. Thrift and gift boxes. For we talked in Christmas. Thrift and gift. Or shortly after that. It was a haul before or after that. I'm just thinking. wondering why why I'm talking about it. And jokingly, I said, I still pick these up at the bins when they're interesting. And then I bring them home and I put them in a pile in my basement and I never list them. Because <laughs> that seems to be... LuLaRoe. I'm talking about LuLaRoe leggings. A lot of these that I just listed, I picked up at... Um, a thrift store okay. that had a huge so that if you have a pile of it like please take some pictures and let me know I'm interested in like a lot of 10 to 20 items for myself I like the tall and curvy leggings 
And yeah, let, let me see what you have. I'm definitely interested. So who knows? I mean, so no, I've that was a customer that reached out to you. Yes. For the little yes. Leggings that uh-huh. said, if you had a lot of them that she was going to buy them from you. Yeah. I remember, um, I think Nicole state used to say that she would do that. Like she would like get them at the bins and make giant piles and then sell like eight of them for 20 bucks, you know, something like that. But I don't think there's a market for that right now. Mm-mm. Now, if you found a, a whole bunch of Lululemon leggings and created a lot, someone would buy that. Yeah. All in the same size, which I've never found. I would never pick it up at the thrift unless it was a special piece. Newest tag. I would We're say still like on Lulu Road. Oh my God. Yes. Enough. Planet's apologies. So they're one of the same. They're from the same company. When you look at the yeah. tag, the, that was a big know, size. the same. So free people in anthropology. Um, yeah. I don't pick it up anymore unless it's a what? unique piece that I know is going to sell or that it's a trending piece or it's something that really I don't pick it up. <laughs> shocked then and shocked now. <laughs> Not much has really changed in a year. <laughs> oh my God. That is so, so funny. It would shock me less now than it did last year. Months and months and months and I get sick of it. And then I end up dropping the price so low that I just dump on my money and be done with it. Still, still true. Although I have gotten better with anthropology that if I do find it, I do check uh, with Google Lens, which is something I didn't use last year, and see if it's like, you know, how there's always unicorn pieces in every brand. And I just like to see, is this something that does sell, um, you know, for higher profits than like a regular Maeve top or something, right? You know, like, right. it, usually it's a dress that I'm looking at, dress or denim, or even um, a coat outerwear of some sort. I feel like those are the things I really stick with with anthropology. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I still don't really pick it up. For myself, I mean, well. yeah, it's funny. I mean, remember when I was at Savers with my girlfriend Kim in a recent haul and somebody had donated like all their anthropology mm-hmm. and free people. It's not, I mean, I sold a free people piece today, like a blouse for $38. And um, I mean, I still, anthropology gold sweater sold for 30. Um, you know, I don't think they're like huge money, but. Um, I would say that anthropology used to be um, something that a lot of people probably couldn't find in the area before because it was mm-hmm. so limited as to where the stores were located. But now I feel like they've expanded and they're definitely, it is more accessible, whether you, you're yeah. finding it at TJ Maxx, Marshalls, or the actual store itself, because you can mm-hmm. find anthropology in Marshalls and TJ Maxx as well. Same with free people. Um, so I just think it's more accessible. So the pricing is different on it too, when it comes to resale. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally, I don't disagree at all that it's gone way down and I pass on a lot more than I used to. Um, and I see so much more free people. I remember if I would find free people, that was like my sign that it was going to be a good day. Um, even if it was like just a, we, the free tank top, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, and, and I would get upset if I would shop and not find free people when I would source. Um, but it didn't happen all the time. Right. Because it wasn't always available. And now it just is like I everywhere. Yes. I mean, if I see 10 free people pieces, I might pick up three of them, but I still absolutely pick it up. Um, but I'm going to pass on a lot. I picked up. Yeah. I picked up one yesterday. I was, I was in Waltham and it was just like a, we, the free thermal, but it was like three 99. It was like oversized coral. I mean, you know, it's, it was a basic and I tend to pass on more basics, but for the price, I was like, yeah, I'll get it. You know? So 
especially a thermal. I feel like thermals always do well for free people. There's like certain things in each brand that is almost like, yes, I'm going to get it no matter what, like free people's shoes. I'm always going to pick up free people's shoes if they're not completely beat up, right? Mm-hmm. If I can salvage mm-hmm. them. Free people's shoes sell. They do sit a little bit, but they do sell. So I kind yeah. of that with Eileen Fisher. Eileen Fisher's shoes, I love them, but they don't always move. I've had some Eileen shoes sit, but then, but they eventually sell. They, they eventually do. sell. And, but they're selling around that $40 mark for me, which is good, but I have paid up for a couple Eileen pairs. Um, that, but I also have the, the one pair that I'm thinking of that I have, that I paid up for, I also have priced high too. So do you hear lucky breathing? No. Oh yes, I can. Is he snoring? <laughs> oh my goodness sorry everyone if you can hear a dog snoring in the background sorry everyone, everyone loves the animals so it's fine rather than him barking though right that's right. usually our issue they're doing a really good job tonight i know i know i feel like they've gotten better with it all the animals yeah, they have. households yes they're used to our our, our podcast no, schedule I will say that free people is one of my best-selling brands and i happen to love it i'll just um, do all my free people then Okay, I'll take it. What do you want from me? I'm sure there are things that I can't. What do you want from me? Uh, Is Free People still your best-selling brand? No, right? Um, it's up there. It's not my best-selling, but um, you know, I'll go to Seller Insight and look here. Keep playing, and I'll and I'll. I tend to do much better with Free People than I do with Anthro. Um, and I'm I'm passing a lot more on Anthro brands than I am Free People. I do pass on Free People for sure. But in general, like I just picked up a, it was at the bins and somebody else was passing on it. And they're like, do you want this? It's three people. Oh, sorry. That's lucky. Like, <laughs> this is so funny. It's like deja vu. Oh my gosh. See, he's improved. He's not hacking anymore. He's just napping loudly. Um, and it was just a free people's beach. I think it was called the tiny dancer's dress because I just listed it before I got on this call. But, um, and, and I got like a thermal, I picked up a thermal recently, like an oversized thermal. Again, with like a thermal. Seriously, you know. Savers. <laughs> Nothing's have, changed. Like, camel sleeves with like the funky detail sleeves. It was an oversized I'm very stuck body. in my ways. <laughs> You're very Italian. But I don't, I stopped picking up anything body con three people i think i have like two yes dresses for sure um and they are either still in my closet or just took forever to they're still them. in my closet they're gonna be one of those like 750 dollars <laughs> yeah they're gonna be they're one of the 900 977 exactly. <laughs> that's so funny all right so Lori, you're still in the same boat with free people um, I mean, I'm even a little bit more selective, but yeah. I, I still like it. I, I think I'm a boho. I, I'm a bohemian at heart, but um, I think like some of the real, have, it, you know, I, I feel like there's there's been a shift over the past year or two, in my opinion, to more of the the Everlane lag and look like yeah. classic uh, androgynous. Like I, I, I still, there's definitely still a place for that. My God, yes. Mm-hmm. But I I do feel like the styles have shifted just a little bit. Um, so yeah, so I mean, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm more selective. And, and again, like when I look through stuff, if I have three of them in my closet, I'm going to pass on it. Or if it's like, I used to pick up even pilled free people sweaters and I don't do that anymore. Like I, I don't bring things home that are going to 
A, be a lot of work and B, maybe sit and be a lower payout. You know, I'll work on the pieces that? that are going to be a lot of money. What? So can we talk about that for a second? Because sure. I bought a Madewell, against my better judgment, a Madewell sweater that was pilled. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I can, like, this won't be a big deal to try to get the pilling off it. Lori, it took me an hour mm. to get all the pilling. Never again. This yeah. was recent. This was recent. I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Why I I, I've done the same thing. I don't know if it wasn't Vince. I can't think of the name of the sweater, but it was cashmere and it was like $3 mm -hmm. and um, it was just pilling. And I, it's, it's been, it's like, you know, at the top of my death file, cause I'm not touching it. Cause it's going to be a lot of work. And so I know we still, you, you still, we're still more hopeful than we should yeah. be sometime, but we just believe in things. We do. And I think I looked at it because it's such a pretty piece. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this will be no big deal. I'm just going to, you know, take the sweater shaver. It won't be a big deal. And then I sat there and actually started doing it. And I realized the entire interior was pilled as well. Oh. So I had to do the inside once the outside was done. The outside, it still isn't 100%. And at this point, I was like, you know what? I'm photographing it. I'm going to just note that it still has minor pilling on it. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Minor pilling please buy it. I'm probably going to market it $25 because I don't even want to see it. It's been in my pile for like four months and I just Ugh. need to get rid of it. Yeah. It's so so bad. frustrating. I know. So frustrating. We all do it. We all do it. That was new with tags on day one. I listed it for $57, something absurd, like in probably a year ago. And um, no uh, three people. Oh, I picked it up at Savers. I think I spent like seven dollars on it. I oh, I know what I'm talking about. About eight months ago, I feel, and immediately someone sent me a forty dollar offer, and I countered at fifty because I was foolish. And um, <laughs> I, and I just wanted to let out a guess. Like, why would you do that? Um, mm. I still would say, why didn't you? Why didn't you just take it? Because I think I had it listed at like, did I say like fifty seven or something like? No, higher. Than oh, that. no, it was higher than that. Because it, it was, was because, you know, when you get those offers immediately, sometimes you think that means the item's hot. And so you counter. Yeah. And I think the end of the story is I sold the dress for like 20 bucks or something. Yeah. Moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's... Oh, and then I've had other ones that have sold very quickly. So that is an interesting one. I know what you're talking about. I have two in my closet right now that aren't moving, but I still love them. I'm so moving on. Like, yeah, please do. I like it. Yeah, maybe. I think that free people's just over. We're still on free people. Too, and I can't get myself to spend eleven ninety nine on something that might move in a year. I, I wouldn't spend eleven ninety nine. Do you want to hear my top brands? I just came up with them. So in 2021, this is on seller insight. So this doesn't include eBay sales. Number one, Lululemon. J. Crew, I'm going in order. Lululemon, J. Crew, Eileen Fisher, Anthropology, Coach, Madewell, Lucky Brand, Free People. Johnny was LL Bean. Lucky and then brand. one after free people is like ministry. It's like this one off blazer that I sold, but yeah, yeah. Lucky's still, Lucky's still in there. Interesting. Those are my top. Anthropology is higher than free people for you. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And then I have vintage Zara, Patagonia, Nike, Dansko, Toomey, Tiffany, Masuk, Kate Spade. And like, it goes down the list, but then, then it's like, you know, we're talking under a hundred dollars in sales after Johnny was and this is this is all of 2021 so two and a half yeah. months speaking of Masuk I feel like it's so hard to sell like mm. it is such a specific buyer and it does do well on eBay both times I've sold it have been on eBay I have not sold it on Poshmark I haven't either 
but I would have thought the same. I, I, I do still think that I do better with Eileen on um, eBay, but, it, but it's also selling on Poshmark, so. Hmm. We're still talking about free people. Free people. Like oh my gosh, you can fast forward. Enough about free people. When I finally got to the register, I just looked at it and then you can buy any brand, but if the cost of goods is way too high and the resell on it, is let's say you pick up an item for 20 but it's reselling between 20 and 25 like why you're gonna lose five. right why why bother don't yeah don't so do that, that brings me to this is a careful don't do it no just say no <laughs> but we were talking about this before too like it, it has to make sense like i'm guilty of it and i, I know other people are too you see a brand you know other people sell it you know that it can sell high but it's priced really high, but you want to try it and you think that you can do it and then you get it home and you have it listed for 800 days and it doesn't move. And then and at, one, at some point you're like, whatever, $10 mm -hmm. on the door, right? Like how many, it happens all the time. Or for me, I send it into the real real, right? And I'm like, all right, bye, goodbye. You were awful. Why did I even do this to myself, right? Just the evolution. It is. And I mean, I think... But I don't even think that's just resellers alone. I mean, think of if you're a buyer for a brick and mortar store, sure. you're going to have, if you order 20 items, you're going to have those three or four that fly off the shelf and you wish you had more of them. And then you're going to buy things that you think are going to sell and they end up in your clearance section. So it's no different for us. I mean, even if you're a professional and you're buying for a brick and mortar, I mean, even free people miss, they miss the mark, you know, like they're making things and some of their stuff, like that's why, like you said, they're known for their thermals, but then- you know, I don't know their body con dresses. You don't see many of them anymore. I don't think they make them much anymore because I don't think they were huge sellers for them. I'm sure they still make them, but you know what I mean? And right. so, and it's also just like, that's why you have to look at the big picture because like, if you, if you source, if you go on a shopping trip and you pick up 20 items and you spend, I don't know what would be appropriate for 20 items, like a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's yeah. $5, $5 yeah. an item. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as soon as you make your money back, you like, you're excited. And that might, that might be four or five pieces or could be two pieces, could be one piece to make your hundred back. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then you're kind of even, and then you want to, you don't want to break even though you want to make profit. So maybe, maybe it takes like a month and now you're profitable or a few weeks. And then there are always going to be those stragglers that hang around. But I think you want to make sure that the majority of your items are selling within a certain period of time. Um, one of the things Jen mentioned our friend Jen the savvy outfitter who has the Ria app um one of the features on her app is to um track where you're sourcing from I think that's like such a cool thing mm -hmm. you know like you may you visit all these places and then you're like gosh I remember being excited about this but none of those items sold from that store mm -hmm. or like I notice it when I'm doing what sold videos and I'm like, oh, I picked this up here. Oh, I picked this up here on that same day. Oh, this is also from that store. And right. when I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, wow, I need to go there more often. You know, so yeah. it's it's interesting to look at that data now. And that's something a year ago I wasn't really paying attention to. I was just going to say that. I don't really think we were doing this based off of data. We were just going off of what we kind of thought we knew, right, at that time. Um, Most of my life is still that way. <laughs> Mm. um I'm a little bit of both I think I go through phases where like I like at least once a quarter I'm definitely checking in to see what's happening and what's selling mm -hmm. but I feel like 
because I don't have that much inventory, right? I have basically half of what you have. Well, I have even less than half of what you have now, but um, I kind of a good idea when I see my sales rolling in, like where those items were from and okay, so it is worth it for me to go to this spot that I don't typically go to and spend a little bit more, but my return is a lot higher. Like I feel like the smaller your inventory is a little bit, it, it's a little bit easier to, I guess, see that. I think so. Cause I, I, I look at a day's worth of sales and it is about as random as the day is long. Like I, I have stuff from all over the map, high end, low end, like things from the bins, things from savers, from Waltham. Like I'm just, I feel like I, I, but I, I'm doing that as I'm getting rid of old stuff. Mm-hmm. I think moving forward, there's more of a curated Intent. look. Yeah. A little more intent with what you're what exactly you're doing. yeah yeah again with time right with mm-hmm. time we mm-hmm. all get there let's fast forward a little bit more because we're coming up in an hour here oh well let me fast forward why here we go Yeti had sold once oh Yeti's for twenty four dollars I just I just actually priced it exactly what the price tag was this and was yellow tag like a twenty dollar offer on so and I was like I remember thinking like oh that was kind of easy those yeah. were nice like those were easy to store. That was like a low buy-in cost. And look at that. They both sold. And I remember thinking there were six of those hats. I should have bought them all. Uh, Yeah. I look for those all the time. That's so interesting. So we kind of bypassed it, but Lori had picked up um, these Yeti hats from TJ Maxx, yellow. TJ Maxx. They were $3 a piece. I picked up three. And you sold them. Oh yeah. And yeah, again, that that's definitely one of the, but you know, if we all had a crystal ball, we would all know how many to pick up. Right. But you tried so it and it worked. I, I tried it and it worked. And Yeti was nothing I had experience with. I mean, when I think of Yeti, I think of the mugs. I don't think of hats. Yeah. I think of coolers and mugs. And um, I had no idea that there would be demand for those hats. Right. But I'm like, for $3, I can take a chance, which I've done a million times at um, TJ Maxx on things, you know, and some, some are fruitful and some aren't. Uh, but I look for them all the time and I never find them anymore. Huh. Must have been like, uh, a, and, and, and to be uh, honest, I don't know if they would sell as quickly now. Who knows? Right, because it's a year later. Maybe there was something that went on last year that made them hot, right? Or 2019, really, because you sold them before the episode aired. So maybe there was something that happened. That it was also on. Christmas season, so maybe yeah. you know, Christmas. Well, I'm going to buy you a mug and a hat from Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Could be. Mm-hmm. Like I can see where people can also get the retail arbitrage. What you'll be able to understand and read between the lines when you're watching right because this is our this is like our education basically is youtube right and mm-hmm. google and learning learning through other resellers and the community is so wonderful it's it's how i am where i am i learned so much and continue to learn so much every day from people right i mean that's how we all got started was just watching one another and watching all these you know um resellers have been around for a long time and that's that's how we have all learned and grown and hopefully we and Lori are able to help you guys learn a few new things too along the way still true we still hope we can teach you a few things along the way (laughs) (laughs) whether it's the podcast or YouTube or Instagram (laughs) but I I think it's a good note to end on with this um you know recall of this episode is we all learn from each other, but then we all have to make our own mistakes and realize that what works for one person doesn't work for someone else. And we use each other as resources and ways to improve, you mm-hmm. know, our buying, our selling, all of that. 
Um, and I think just having a community that is so receptive and um, willing to teach and be there for one another is really great. Like I, I know there's other communities that exist like that as well, um, but to be a part of one that you actually experience and you get to build these relationships and communication with others, I just think it's awesome. And now we're throwing Clubhouse in the mix, right? Where now we're talking to people yeah. that we would have never talked to before. Yes. Yep. And um, that wasn't a factor last year. So we've been no. able to meet people on Clubhouse that listen to the podcast or watch our YouTube channels or, or send us DMs on Instagram. And now we can have actual like conversations. It's really nice. Yeah, it is. It's great. Except for the fact that I get confused now. I don't know where I've met people yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't. I'm like, I don't, I mean, did we talk on Clubhouse? But um, no, I would agree. And I, I still, you, I still look to YouTube for so much. Me too. Like I'm starting Weight Watchers tomorrow and I watch like five videos on like what somebody eats in a day on the purple program. It's, it's like, it's how I like to learn. I, I like, I like the visual stuff and I, I like to hear people's personal journeys. And as much as I hope people learn from me and in for sure, like that, that's definitely one of my objectives when I'm sharing stuff. But I mean, really I can't, I mean, I hope people just learn from my experience. Like I, yeah. you know, maybe see something I do and like it, and then maybe they try it. Maybe they don't, maybe they see something I do and they run in the opposite direction. And, that, and that's what they've learned from me. But I mean, I don't think that there's any substitute for digging in. Um, and I'll use Amazon as an example. I'm really struggling with Amazon right now. Like I signed up, I'm not ungated in groceries yet. Cause I didn't want to pay for it. So I'm learning the hard way. And I keep sending in my application to get ungated and they keep denying it and saying, we need more pictures. Like this is a packing slip. This is not an invoice and eh, try again. Then I send another thing. I send a picture of front backwards up, you know, you're supposed to show the product that you want to send in. And they're like, you have to show all of the products, not just one. We need to know what your quantity is. So then I'm like, okay, like I am not joking. I am on my fifth application to wow. Amazon to get approved to sell groceries. And I know there's an easy answer and I could pay for it. But like for me, I really, and, and you know, sometimes people will, will DM me and say, oh, can you just look at my closet and tell me what I need to do or whatever? And it's, ju it's just not that easy. You know, right. if it were that easy, you know, I, I really think that there's no substitute for experience. So don't yeah. be afraid to make mistakes and dig in because you just, you're going to grow a lot from it. Yeah, I agree. I think for me personally, I can read and I can research and I can watch and do all of that stuff. But if I don't actually experience it myself, then it's never going to matter until I actually go through the process. And that's with everything in life. This is besides reselling anything that I do. I have mm -hmm. to do it. Once I do it and I make my mistakes and I see the process and then I can see how I could probably do it better next time. That's where the growth happens for me. You know, and everyone's sure. different. Um, some people can watch or read and they're good to go now it works for me i gotta touch feel do and then you know go from yeah. there i mean i think motherhood is a great example too like i remember studying what to expect when you're expecting and yeah. there's absolutely no book in the world that could have prepared me for anthony tata <laughs> <laughs> but i mean I, i'm just saying like you know and and yeah. and i think that's a really good example like you go to the birthing classes and you you think about a birthing plan and, and you think about, oh, well, I'm not going to let my son watch television. Yeah. My goodness. We <laughs> will listen to Mozart before bed. You know, <laughs> there'll be no pacifiers. There'll be none of that. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And 
you know, you have all these things that you think you're going to do. And then when you're desperate and sleep deprived, you make other choices. So yeah, it, it, I think, like you said, it's all about the journey, right? Yes, it is. And that was, that was so funny to listen to that episode because a lot of things we said now, we ended up, we said in the episode as well, which is funny. We had That's some, really funny. There were some fun parallels. Yeah. So I think things have changed in regards and things that we pick up right and not everything we still pick up some of the same stuff um and our advice has pretty much stayed the same <laughs> i don't think we've changed any of that uh, no. I think it's just our underlying message maybe in this episode is just do whatever works for you which was our message in that episode too and uh don't compare your sourcing to anyone else's figure out mm -hmm. what works for your business and maybe it is picking maybe you can pick up target at a penny target brand items for a penny and you flip those. That's fantastic. You're still going to make money. Even mm -hmm. if you sell it $10 a piece, you paid a penny, you know? So there is a market for everything and everyone has a place in reselling. And hopefully this is an entertaining episode because we got a few good laughs out. Yeah. That's <laughs> what makes it so much fun. Right. And, and yeah. it is fashion. So it is, it is always going to change and we could do this episode next year and we're, it's, it's going to be different than too. And that's also why you can't sleep on things. You, you know, you, you have to be, willing to change mm -hmm. and pivot I think it's hard you know. though i think it's hard you know as, it, when when thread up changes their policy mm -hmm. you have to pivot okay. when yeah when clubhouse opens and you're worried it's going to compete with youtube you have to pivot like there mm -hmm. there are all these things that are going to continue to pop up or all the cross-posting platforms right. can get overwhelmed you have to decide am I really going to try to cross post a seven or am i going to be okay with three or am i going to be okay with one you know and i think I think as reselling has gotten more popular, we've had a lot more choices yes. and I don't necessarily, in some ways, some of the tools that we have now make our lives easier, like maybe sharing services, cross posting, VAs, that sort of stuff. But then it also adds, it also complicates things. It, it takes away from the simplicity of your business. So you're kind of walking more of a fine line. And I think when people are getting started, it can be really easy to get overwhelmed because I'm still overwhelmed by the choices I have and make. Um, so yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. As long as you're having a good time making a All little that coin. matters. You have to have a good, <laughs> yeah. Have a good time and make some money. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jay's grandfather's advice. Like with the camera, when we got married, love one another, be careful, you know, be good to one another, make yeah. a lot of money first and then be happy. <laughs> like, make happy, a lot come of on. Money first. I love it. <laughs> that was his advice, <laughs> I mean, but we were broke anyway. So, yeah, so it didn't matter. <laughs> you guys ended All right, up everybody. Fine. That was fun. Yeah. Good catching up. It was. All right, guys. We will talk to you next week. Oh, also, right. wait, before we go, we're so bad at this kind of stuff. We hit a hundred thousand listens this week. Oh my I just got chills. I that's know. Crazy. It's I so Daniela crazy. said that's unbelievable. We did you did we should probably we, we should probably, probably post, post it, right? Yeah, we, we maybe should do it. that. We maybe should do that. Um a hundred thousand. I know. It is absolutely crazy. A little over a year and we had a hundred thousand listens. So thank you to everyone who thank you guys so so I. much for just um, listening to us chat every week. Yeah. And Lori and I had this like goal in mind of how many Patreons we wanted the patrons we wanted in the Patreon. And we've hit that goal too. And yes. it's just been really great here at Thrifters Villa this week. It's been awesome. So thank you to everyone who's supporting Lori and myself. Um we really appreciate it. We have, we have lots of things we'd love to do with you guys and 2021 is going to be a good year. It is. There was a lot of seed planting last year and I'm um, glad we stuck it out, Daniela. Yeah, me too, Lori. It's I all am. worth it in the end. 
<laughs> I am. Yeah. So, oh, thank you guys so, so, so much. Uh, I'm honored. I'm honored that you guys listen to us. Um, so yeah. So we will, we will see you next week in the next villa. Week, guys. <laughs> I wish it was right. a villa. <laughs> I know. Right. One day. That'll be like our plan for 2025. We'll go to a Tuscan villa. 2025. And we'll, and we'll record there just four years. Right. We can do it. <laughs> It'll be fine. All right, everyone. We'll bye. manifest it. All right. Bye everybody. Hey everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. This is just a reminder that Thrifters Villas Patreon is officially live. You can find us on patreon.com backslash Thrifters Villa. It is just $5 a month where we're going to offer you bonus content, extra episodes, a free downloadable a month, and live events. So make sure to check us out there and we will see you next week.